What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Allison? Yes. How are you? I'm fine. It's Halloween week. Do we start early, like with birthdays and <laughs> we start celebrating? I mean, in a time? way, hasn't every day been Halloween? Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, don't do that? No, uh, the thing is, like, I don't maybe like the same things about Halloween that that you're supposed to like. Meaning? Like, I'm not into the, like, I like it in other people, the dressing up, the costume aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I'm more into, like, the um, the foreboding, which just could be winter coming. <laughs> but do you have a favorite horror movie? Me? Yeah. The person who doesn't watch horror movies? I know, you, you generally don't like to be scared, and you um, generally don't watch horror movies, but do, do you have one that you like? I guess it depends, like, what qualifies as a horror movie. If, like, I guess there's certain like sort of unsettling psychological dramas that maybe would qualify. I don't know. Make the net as broad as you like. Um, I'll tell you which one was the first one I saw that scared the bejesus out of me as a child. Mm-hmm. It was the Amityville Horror. Mm. I already was afraid of dogs. There's a dog component in the Amityville Horror. I got in trouble as a kid because <laughs> my, my sister was reading that book. Uh-huh. And I crawled into the kitchen. Uh-huh. So she couldn't see me. Mm-hmm. 
I forget if this is before they had the island in the kitchen or if we just had a kitchen table. Mm-hmm. But in any case, I, I crawled down low so she couldn't see me. And I started moving the chairs, mm-hmm. you know, so they looked like they were moving by themselves. And she screamed at the top of her lungs and I got in trouble. I really don't feel like that's on me. She decided to read the book. Yeah, and she was gullible enough to think that it was actually like a ghost and not her little brother under the table. She probably knew I was there. She probably just screamed to get me in trouble. To get you in trouble, yeah, that seems the most likely scenario. But the blood coming out of the walls and the blood coming out of the toilet. and Yeah. I don't know if I saw it when I was younger, but my mom read the book, and I remember my mom telling me things from the book, like the... Was it like a pig boy or something in the window that was like waving at people or something? There are a few things where people are waving that my sister and I were just like turned into these like mythic things to scare each other with. This might be one of my favorite horror things, and it's not a conventional movie. It's a Saturday morning, like one of those... um, like the specials they like, had. Yeah, it like, wasn't yeah. an after-school special. Yeah, but, but they had like the Saturday. movies on Saturday morning. I remember Yeah, there was like a special about. thing for it. And they would do little adaptations of like classic plays, and they would put on new ones. And There was a couple of those that were really cool. Yeah, I think I've actually talked about this before because it's... And I watched it. Like I think we watched it again on YouTube mm-hmm. since I started talking yeah. about it again. Yeah. The Red Room Riddle. My sister and I would like wave the way this kid waves to the, this like little, almost like little, I think he's like supposed to be Victorian or Edwardian ghost boy waves to the real kid. We could do that sort of like deadpan face and do the wave to each other and just make each other scream. Like we were just, <laughs> it's so frightening. But now like, I mean, the, the ironic thing is like, I love red rooms. <laughs> like we have a red room in our house, which is probably somewhere in the back of my mind because of that. I, I love the if you cast a broad net, mm-hmm. like you could kind of include like the so-called like folk horror stuff, like you like the Owl Service. Yeah, yeah, I love and, the Owl Service based on the Alan Gardner book, and I like um, a lot of. Um, I like those stories where it's sort of, like you can't tell whether the horror is just sort of like impending adulthood. Like I love coming of age things generally, so any any movie that kind of encompasses that, I would say probably is usually on my list. Picnic at Hanging Rock is that. It's kind of horror, yeah, but I I mean, it's just... What about The Wicker Man, the original? I do like the original Wicker Man, yep. Yeah, it's hard to beat that. It's very, very good. Well, the latest patron episode, Return to the Wolfman's Grave. If you're a patron, you got two episodes in a row. If you look at the show numbering and you just get the regular feed and you suddenly it's like, hey, it skipped two episodes or something. Like, I think we're on episode 272 now. And the last regular episode was 269. Like, hey, where did those episodes go? They were patron episodes. And to get all of our episodes, you become a patron at Patreon. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. You get extra content, two full episodes a month, sometimes more. And you help support the podcast. Without our patrons, we couldn't do Strange Familiars. So we want to thank our patrons. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. As the patrons heard, all of the parts for the witch cloud which will serve as episode 300 are now in my grubby little paws (laughs) which are neither grubby nor little (laughs) that's what all the wolves say (laughs) at some point this week i think or early next week we should be putting up a pre-order for that it'll be through the stone breath band camp the reason for that is when you purchase it you will get a download automatically i think The download won't release until a little bit closer to episode 300, but when it does, you will get a notification from Bandcamp that your download is ready. 
and you will be able to download, if I did the math right, I think it's over three hours of audio content that goes with the Witch Cloud. So it's more than really one episode. It would be like the... It's one episode if you're hardcore history, <laughs> but for Strange Familiars, it's, it's like... about three and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's three episodes or more. I wrote a book. It's called The Witch Cloud. It's about some haunted bridges in Gettysburg, but it's so much more than that in the way that Where the Footprints End, I think, is more than just a Bigfoot book. It's a slim volume. It's about 80-some pages, I think, fully illustrated. And the audio for that episode, for episode 300, is basically the audiobook of The Witch Cloud. However, it's not just me reading the book. When I interview people, in the book it'll be, you know, the text of the interview. But in the audio, I actually cut in the actual interview with the people. If I talk about a sound or something on the bridge, if I'm able to, I, I cut in the sound of the bridge. So it's basically kind of an audiobook combined with an on-site episode, or really multiple on-site episodes, because we made several visits there over the course of over a year's time. And then on October 9th, after Albatwitch Day, Chad and Soraya and I went back to the bridge and recorded basically a whole other follow-up on-site episode. Besides that, you get download of the first Black Happy Day song Tara and I recorded in, I think, over 15 years. It's called Into the Witch Cloud. Get all of that with a download. And it's several versions of that song. I did like a different mixes of it and a, a solo version that's just me, which is uh, what I sent to her initially after I wrote the song. So you kind of get all these different versions of the Black Happy Day song. And you get all of that content. And that is episode 300. To get it, you will either need to buy... Edition one, which is hardcover book, a lathe cut record, of which there are only 50. It's a five-inch square record picture disc. It looks really, really cool. If you're on our Instagram or our Discord or the Strange Familiars Gathering Group, you've seen photos of this record. It, it looks nice. So you get the hardcover book, the lathe cut record, a woven patch uh, that was done especially for this, a vinyl sticker that was done especially for this, a trading card with new artwork on it, that's done especially for this. You get all that plus the download of all the audio. Edition two is basically the same thing, less the record, because there's only 50 copies of the record. So that may sell out. And then edition two, you get the patch, the sticker, the book, and the download, of course, with that. And then after all the patches and the stickers and et cetera sell out, uh, that edition, then we will have just an edition that's kind of the book and the download by itself. Or if you don't want all the stuff, you just want the audio download, you'll be able to get that too. We'll put pre-orders up for that. That's coming soon. Keep an eye out on Instagram, on our Discord, in the Strange Familiars Gathering Group, on Facebook, and on Patreon. We'll announce that for everybody. If you're a patron, you will get notified when it goes up on Bandcamp before anybody else. We'll let you guys know a day beforehand, and you're going to want to jump on that, though. I think because it goes up on the Stonebreath Bandcamp, anybody who's bought from Stonebreath will also get notifications of that. But we won't put it up on other social media for a day. So if you're a patron, you'll have a day head start to get the record edition. So all of that's coming. As I said on the patron show, patrons will get this episode for free. You're just going to have to wait. You have to wait a year or so, and then we will release the audio to patrons for free. But if you want the record, if you want the episode now and you want to help support the podcast, it's part of this, all this work that we put into this for, like I said, over a year we've been working on this, was in an effort to kind of have a fundraiser for the podcast and raise some much-needed money for us. So you get a really cool package. I think the book looks really nice. 
I'm super happy with the record. Patch is cool. I'm really happy with this whole package. I'm really excited about it. So you can get episode 300 that way and support the podcast. I was under the mistaken impression that this would run during the time that the 300th episode would run, and you have informed me that we will go from 299 to 301 and not miss a week, and there will be no vacation. (laughs) (laughs) There will be no vacation. There will be no vacation. As far as uh, episode 300 goes. Yeah, so next to impossible to coordinate all of this, like think of all the parts. You know, there's not one place you can go that'll make a book, a patch, a sticker, a trading card, et cetera. So I had to a lathe cook a record. <laughs> exactly. I had to source all this stuff from different places and make sure it, it all comes in. And have it done well ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. So the real I really can't. Episode 300 wouldn't probably be till the next year, right? Maybe early next year? Yeah, probably. The way it'll work out, it'll be next year. So, you know, it's just going to come out when it comes mm-hmm. out. I think people will probably, if you pre order the book, I'll probably send the book out and then we'll release the download mm-hmm. somewhere after that. So, yeah, people were getting episode 300 chronologically before it's time for 300. That's only presupposing that we think of time in a linear fashion. So exactly. Yes, we're, we're, that's a great point. We're breaking people <laughs> out of their, their linear time. Also, that way, if some people get it before other people, it could be because of just like a time skip and not necessarily... Like, this is absolutely the case, yes. So it's called The Witch Cloud. It is Strange Familiar's episode 300, and we hope you all get it. It's super, super fun and exciting project for me because it combines, as I said, everything I love to do, art, music, writing books, doing the podcast. Sneaking around at night with your boyfriends. Yes, (laughs) exactly. I guess uh, people are wondering what we're going to do on tonight's show, though, and it's going to be more than talking about Patreon and The Witch Cloud, episode 300. We have a really great show tonight. I'm going to be talking to Leanne, who has a story about a Bigfoot with an orb that her son saw. Her son Gabe saw it, and a bunch of synchronicities that surround this sighting. And while I was talking to Leanne, her son Gabe kind of came up, and we got to talk to him as well. So it's kind of a little bonus. We get to hear Gabe's story of the encounter. After that, we're going to hear an interview Chad did with Drayden. Had an on-site thing in the show of a, you know, kind of a Class B Bigfoot kind of thing. Chad met him out there and interviewed him two years ago, almost at this point. It's almost been two years. But let's go ahead and talk to Leanne. Tonight we're talking with Leanne, who has a Bigfoot story to share with us that has some associated strangeness with it, which is right up my alley. I like these stories with uh, that combine the, the strangeness. Now, this all happened in western Kentucky, right? Yes. Can you describe the area where it happened? Yes. It was in our small subdivision that consists of only one street. And it backs up to a cornfield, corn and beans. Last year when this happened, it was beans. And that's important. Also, there are two streams that cut through this cornfield or bean field. And the streams are enveloped by woods. So there's like a strip of woods with a stream mm-hmm. where, this, where this happened. Okay. So we've got large bean field and strip of woods 
with a stream. One night, it was in early July of 2020, my then 11-year-old son, Gabe, had a friend over spending the night because it was summer break, and they loved to go fishing. There is a large retainer lake several acres away, maybe about four or five acres away from the back of our house. And they often go fishing in it. Gabe and his friend were outside fishing in this lake at 1 a.m. I was inside the house. Now, Gabe did not know anything about Sasquatch. He had never heard me speak about Bigfoot. That's just not something I had ever discussed with him. I had been getting into Bigfoot podcast since about April of 2020. When the pandemic hit, I would listen to more podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I really honed in on the strange ones like yours and some other well-known Bigfoot ones. And I also enjoyed taking in documentaries about Sasquatch. So Gabe and his friend were outside several acres away from our house fishing at one o'clock in the morning. I was inside the house. The windows closed, the blinds closed with my husband sleeping beside me. And he has to get up early and go to work. So I like to watch TV late, but I wear Bluetooth earphones mm -hmm. or headphones. Mm -hmm. So no one knew what I was watching. No one could hear anything going on. So I was watching a show about Bigfoot. Do you want me to say what the show was? It's fine. I was watching an episode of Expedition Bigfoot. Okay. And it was the season where Dr. Maria, well, now her last name has lost me, has slipped my mind. But anyway, if, they, if anyone has watched the show, they'll, they'll know who I'm talking about. Um, she's the skeptical scientist on their team. She had just seen something out in the, in the woods that she described as red glowing eyes and with a globe of light or an orb of light. So I had just watched that scene. And a minute or two went by, I guess, and suddenly I hear bang, 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 bang on our bedroom door. <laughs> and this really upset me because my husband is laying here asleep, and I don't want him being disturbed. Right, he, right. He has to get up at 5 o'clock. So instead of yelling to answer, I just texted Gabe. I said, Gabe, what are you doing? You can't wake up Daddy. And he said, Mom, I saw something. I said, what did you see? This is on text. He said, I don't know. It was big. And it looked like it had red glowing eyes. Oh my goodness! And it looked like it was, 
and it looked like it was carrying something. Oh. I've got chills right now. Yeah, yeah. I said, hold on, hold on just a second. Go upstairs to your room. I'll come up there. So we end the text conversation, and I go upstairs to his room. And he and his friend are, uh, they're, they're just lit up with the, with excitement. They're shaking. They're telling me all about this. I said, Gabe, what did you see? I don't understand what you're talking about. He said, I don't know. It was against the woods or walking alongside the woods. It was big and it was walking and it had red glowing eyes and it looked like it was carrying like a light. Huh. So I was like, okay. And I, I didn't tell them yet that I had just been watching a show that described exactly this or right. almost exactly, right. almost exactly this. So his friend said, maybe it was just a, a person walking. And Gabe, Gabe is a really serious personality type. He said, if you think that was a person, you're crazy. <laughs> and he said, also, what about the red eyes and the light? I said, well, tell me more about this light. What do you mean? He said, it looked like it was carrying a light, like a, like a globe. He didn't use the word globe or orb because he doesn't have that vocabulary. Right, right. But he said it looked like a, it was carrying like a, a bright white light. And he said they, they got out their phones. They were going to try to get a video of it. And by the time they tried to get the video of it, it just disintegrated. It was going along as they were watching it. And it was a little bit see-through-ish. And then it just... Like, I would describe it as depixelated. Mm -hmm. Looked like it just disintegrated. How they came to see it, I forgot this part. They were fishing, and his friend saw it first and said, What's that? And then they looked, and they stood up, and, and both saw it together. But his friend actually saw it first. I think that's a strange synchronicity oh, heck if yes. anybody wants to call in uh, or to you and share what they think that might have been i was in the house watching this show and then my son and his friend see unfold what i was watching on the show yeah how did that happen how did that happen so we get Bigfoot reports, right? And we occasionally get uh, Bigfoot reports with orbs. But, yeah, it would be one thing if he just said, I saw something, you know, and, and it had red eyes or something like that. But to have that detail of the, the orb or the, you know, whatever it was carrying with it is truly bizarre. I mean, that's... So... When he tells you this, I, I imagine you're stunned because, you know, he obviously has no idea that you were watching this on TV. Right. Yes. I think I just stood there with my mouth with my mouth open for a little while. And then I said, 
okay, you guys are not even going to believe this. But I was watching a show that had on it what you just described. And they were surprised. Um, I think they needed time to process it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, after a little while after that, I just had I had to process it too. I just went down and went to bed. They had left all their fishing stuff outside because after they tried to get a picture or a video of it and it disappeared, they hightailed it into the house. Mm-hmm. And that's when they, you know, banged on, risked waking daddy up banging on the door. And now I don't blame them. Right, right. There's another slight aside to this. Sometime after this happened, I had been going through all the Netflix and all the Roku shows trying to find good Bigfoot documentaries. And I turned on one that featured Stan Gordon. Mm-hmm. Oh, here comes, here comes chills again. <laughs> featured Stan Gordon describing something that someone had told him about that happened in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And then they reenacted this for the show. And, and what they did was, it, it was these two teenage girls, they saw a Sasquatch come out of the woods, and it was holding an orb or a globe of light. Yes. I know the it, account. Yes. Yes. I rewound it and recorded it to show Gabe later, but I ordered the t-shirts of yours that that feature that. There's like a, you, maybe you were basing your drawing off this, or maybe other people have also described them carrying an orb mm-hmm. for a little while before they uh, change forms or disappear or cloak or whatever they do. Yeah. But I, I got both of them. I got myself one too. <laughs> I got us all matching shirt with that <laughs> because you. we shared we shared this experience. Right, right. You know, I just now remembered something else. The next day I tried to get Gabe to show me where, where this was and you know, he pointed and showed me and I went for a walk by myself in between the field alongside the edge of the field between it and the woods and it was muddy and I saw a strange print. It it was not like a big print, like a, like what you would think of as a Sasquatch footprint. It was more like just the upper part of it. And I took a picture of it and then I, I outlined it you know, with the iPhone where you can write on it with your finger. Yeah, yeah. I outlined it so that you could see it better. But I made the mistake of deleting the original one. So all I have is is the altered one. Mm-hmm. So there was that. And I, I just didn't know what to think of that. How far? It's just too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a lot. The whole thing is a lot. But how far a walk from your house is this, you know, fishing pond? It's not very far. Um, you could, It's probably a good stone's throw or closer. Okay. And the, the field is further away. 
I mean, the field backs right up to the lake, but the part of the field where they saw this was further away. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not very good at figuring out how much an acre is, but it was, oh, it was less than a football field. It was probably quite a bit. Maybe it was 50 yards. Okay. From where the boys were standing. And I had sent you photos, daytime photos, of where the boys were and their vantage point, even though it was daytime. Mm-hmm. And I had circled. Of course, people can't see that on the podcast, but I still have those if anybody wants to, if they would just like to envision the scene. Did you notice anything else strange happen around your house at this time? I don't think so. Not around the house. There was a little moment that kind of makes me stop and scratch my head, but it was during April. Now, this this whole thing happened in early July, Mm -hmm. but back up two or three months into April, and we had gone to an abandoned 1850s iron ore furnace. And again, Gabe had not ever heard anything about Bigfoot that I'm aware of, or at least none to really speak of or like have an interest in. It's right beside the Green River, this iron ore furnace. And we were walking around there and I saw something that looked like a, I thought maybe that's a deer nest. Um, Back then I, I had not even thought about the Bigfoot nest that I have since seen discussed. Right. So in my mind, I'm thinking, I wonder if this is a deer's little little den. It looked like it was kind of like half of a bowl. Like if you would imagine Big Bird's nest. Right, right. Like that, but that kind of sideways and up against some large brush and some trees. So we saw that, and I didn't think anything of it. Looking back now, I wish I had taken a picture of it, but I didn't. And right then, shortly after we saw this, Gabe all of a sudden wanted to leave. We had spent a long time making our way out there. It was a long drive, and then it was a long hike through difficult terrain. Um. But he, all of a sudden, he's like, let's go. Let's go back to the van now. Let's go. Hmm. And I was like, okay, is some, did something bother you? Is something wrong? He's like, no, let's just go. I want to go to the van now. You can stay here if you want, but I'm going to the van. Huh. <laughs> so we left and went to the van, and I haven't been able to return to that place yet since then. And that may be nothing. It's probably just a coincidence, but you had asked if anything else strange had happened. And this was during a time when I had begun learning all about this sort of thing, learning all about this phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, my interest has peaked as soon as you say Iron Furnace because uh, of how many experiences we've recorded around these old furnaces. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's been an ongoing drumbeat for the podcast. I mean, there's uh, a lot of the places we go, it turns out, had these iron furnaces there, including that Michaud Forest where we go. We've 
I've recorded a yes. number of, of local, you know, Bigfoot witnesses and so forth. That place had 10 or more, I think, iron furnaces throughout the, uh, the whole area of the forest. So, yeah, the, I mean, I don't know why, but they seem to be a thing uh, with this stuff. So it's certainly, when you say iron furnace, you know, certainly gets my attention. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Was Gabe able to go back to fishing or, or was it kind of a thing where he was like, oh, I don't know about that anymore? Not that I night. had wondered what his <laughs> I had wondered what his reaction would be to that too. The very next night he was he wasn't back to fishing, but he was hanging out in a hammock between two trees right beside the lake. And that was it also was right there on our property. This mm-hmm. was this hammock. Mm-hmm. And he and a friend, a different friend, were they were just in that hammock. I think they wanted to camp out in the tents overnight. And I found a big stone, or maybe it was a big brick. And uh, I'm going to hell for this. But uh, I took that brick, and I snuck around <laughs> between between some neighbors' houses, and I waited until they were quiet. And I launched that brick <laughs> into that into that lake and he didn't quite have the reaction I wanted him to have I wanted him to scream (laughs) but they got really quiet and he said he said what was that so anyway that was fun I really (laughs) I tried to take advantage of his vulnerability (laughs) no it's good that he he went right back out there you know I I don't know that I would have at that age especially maybe with it being right there at the backyard and it's not a great big backyard maybe that was a comfort to him Gabe just now came up alongside me now he's here if you want to talk to him or yeah if if he'd like to describe what he saw that'd be awesome okay are you okay if I put the phone on speaker yeah absolutely okay hello hello Gabe how are you Good. So I'm very excited and and jealous that you got to see what you saw. But I, if you could describe it, I'd like to hear it. Hear about it. Um, yeah. So basically, it was just me and my friend out catfishing. It was what well, it was about like two in the morning, right? wasn't it? It was at one a.m. Yeah, we're out at one a.m. We were catfishing around one a.m. And my friend A saw the shadow. It was like shadowy gray thing by the tree line and it had we thought it we thought it was like red eyes but it looked like two red flashlights above it and then like one like white orb under the two red lights so basically what it was it was like a gray shadowy transparent thing with lights on it and it it was slowly going closer it was walking towards you um I don't really know if it was even walking. It just seemed like every time we looked away, it was either closer or like a little bit farther. But it seemed like, like almost like it was taking two steps forward and one step back. Interesting. That's really interesting. So pretty much, it was just moving really slowly towards us. Did it just disappear then? Um, I don't know. I don't even know if it disappeared. We just. I don't remember. We were just out there looking at it, and then my friend Ace, he got scared, and he wanted to run back inside, so 
and we didn't want to run because our house is where like closest to where a tree line was and we were out fishing in front of my neighbor's yard so we ran like back behind the houses and in front of the other houses so we didn't have to be back close to where it was mm-hmm. oh like yeah i mean instead of coming in through the back door which would have backed up to the lake they ran around and came in through the front door so did this thing scare you or was it more just you were interested in it at first, we were kind of curious to see what it was, but I, my friend Ace, he was like, he was like, I think we should go back inside, and then I agreed with him, and we just we left our stuff there to get later because I, I don't really know what we felt like. It was kind of scary, kind of nervous. I don't know. Well, your mom said you were back out there again the following night, so you must not have been too scared. I don't really know what I felt like at first. Ace said he was nervous and he didn't want to go back that back out there. Did he? He said that, didn't he? Yeah, you all didn't return out there that that night. Y'all just stayed up in your room that night. I took a video of it, and I couldn't see it on the video that I took of it. But I could see it whenever I was looking at it, like, without a video. Yeah, that's normal. I've done that myself, not with uh, any creature, but with strange lights like that. I've tried to get them on video, and they either don't show up or they, they look different on the video. It wasn't showing up at all on the video. We were just, it was kind of like, if I looked at it straight on, I couldn't see it. I had to look at it from the corner of my eye. That's also, again, this is something that, that I found to be true sometimes. That's uh, Sometimes these, these lights that we've seen in the woods are, are very much like that. Yeah. I just, like, a, a little bit to the side of it, and I could see it a lot better. But if I looked straight at it, I could only see, like, the, the reddish and orbish lights on it. Now, did you see the, say, the, the body of whatever it was? Could you see that, like, outlined against the sky? Um, no, not really. It was just kind of like a, a, a blob of, like, grayness. And you could, you could kind of see the outline of, like, a head, but it was, like, really, like, a sloppy drawing. If, like, like, if someone were to do a picture of it that was, like, exactly what it looked like, it would just be kind of sloppy. Interesting. That's really interesting. So what do you think it was? I don't know. I have no idea what it was. That's an honest answer. Yeah. Ah, that's a weird one. Well, brave guy. Your mom said you went back out there the next night. We're hanging out. That's good. It's good to get back out there. You know, whatever it was didn't hurt you, so who knows what it was. But uh, I assume you haven't seen it since. No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Do you remember you and Chase the next night being in the hammock, and I went out there and threw the rock and <laughs> into the lake, tried to scare you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe, thank you so much for sharing what you saw. I, like I said, I I think I think you're a lucky guy to get to see it. Thanks. Thanks for um letting me come on here. Sure thing. Back to mom now. <laughs> All right. So, nothing since. Nothing strange since. Let me think. I guess the main strange thing was when I saw Stan Gordon on that show with the reenactment of the creature holding the the light. Right. I had yeah. never heard. That. That's, that's a really strange description. I mean, it's, it's very random. There's a couple. So, there's a couple. There's that one. There's one from, I believe, the Soviet Union. I want to say in the, 
maybe in the 70s as well, or maybe that was in the 80s, where uh, a creature, I think it walked through a campsite holding an, an orb. So there's there's a couple of them out there like that, but they aren't common at all. They're very rare. Yeah. Um, another small thing that isn't really a big deal, but um, one night I was going to go hit a drive-through kind of late around 9 o'clock, and I, I turned on a local radio station just right here in our, our town, and our town is very Bible-belty. Mm-hmm. There is almost never any talk of the paranormal or anything strange or woo that you would hear of being openly discussed here. But as soon as I turned on that station, they said, yes, tonight we've got Mr. Stan Gordon who wrote whatever book or books he wrote. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he is here, he's here to discuss Bigfoot tonight. So that really struck me. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I love Stan. He's he's a great guy, and and one of the people that I really look up to, as far as all this stuff goes, because uh, he doesn't shy away from reporting the strange stuff. If he just whatever the witness tells him, that's what he reports. There are some other researchers that do not do that. That would take the, and for instance, they would take the light out of you know your son's report because it just sounds too weird, and they would report the other aspects yeah. of it. But uh, Stan just takes it all down. I respect him, and, and every now and then I'll get a call from Stan, and it's a highlight of my day when he calls every time. He's a great guy. Oh, I bet. I'm not saying it was that same night that I heard that on the radio that I saw the documentary where Stan was featured and showing the reenactment of what I just described. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but when I turned on that show, he was almost in the very first scene, anyway, within the first 30 seconds or minute of the program, and I had never seen him before. And then there he was, and I was like, that's that guy! That's that name! That's that name of who I just heard on the radio! Um, or who I had heard recently on the radio. Right. Thing, like, it was just, it was weird. Yeah, it seems like, a, like almost like a series of synchronicities around this that have just co- kind of uh, pointing you uh, or, you know, or at least reminding you of this sighting again and again. Ooh, now I haven't even thought of it like that. And uh, it, I'm outside walking right now, and there is a huge orange low full moon tonight. So it's a little extra chilly, you know, little... And Crawley. What did Gabe think for. when you saw him? The when you showed Gabe the reenactment footage, was he pretty impressed by that? Oh yes, yes, yes. I, I recorded it, and I texted him the video that I had recorded of it. He said that is pretty much what we saw. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well. The end. This is a wonderful story. I'm most uh, happy to hear that Gabe is, you know, went back out and got right back to it because a lot of times, you know, grown men are too scared to go back out to the woods and stuff after the stuff happens, and it's kind of heartbreaking in a way, especially if people if, like outdoor activities, you know, and uh, you can hear it in their voice sometimes that they just they just kind of were ruined for hunting or fishing or whatever they like to do by their encounter. So. Yeah. 
I'm super happy that didn't happen with Gabe. It's, it's great to well, hear. Well, me too. Yeah. Gabe is really obsessed with the outdoors, especially fishing. And I don't know that he would have gone out in the woods or alongside the woods where this thing was seen. But I suppose he just felt a little safer at the back of our backyard. Right. right. Well, that's understandable. Sure. Still, I think it's commendable for him to get back out there. That's a good thing. I'm glad he wasn't, you know, too scared by it. But it's, uh, like I said, I think he's lucky. He's lucky to have seen it because it's a very, very rare thing. Yes, I wish I had seen it. Yeah, I wish I had as well. (laughs) From a safe distance. (laughs) Yeah, I love taking in information about this, but I have never seen anything. I mean, I saw that TV show, but Mm. I've never seen anything in person. I've had a lot of uh, audible weirdness that has happened to me, but I've never seen anything creepy with my eyes myself Mm -hmm. well yeah i mean on one hand be careful what you wish for on the other i completely understand that as far as bigfoot goes i've been kind of longing for a sighting and i may regret that you know when it actually happens but i've really really you know i've i've caught you know flashes of movement and i've caught what i'm pretty sure was was eye shine before but as far as seeing like the body of a creature i can't say for sure i ever have and, and i'm kind of longing for that definite sighting where i could say yep that's what i saw but like i understand I, that feeling i understand that yeah but like i said i might regret it when it comes to i've, I've definitely taken some reports from people who who are not super happy when they got did get to see one right i think if I, if i ever were to see one i would want to experience it with gabe and number two i would want it to be the female who tells the male that we're cool and not to kill us. Right. And <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Or or the yeah, the pleasant sighting or the very, very uh mild sighting. Rather than yeah, some of these really intense ones from Sasquatch Chronicles. No thank you. I'd rather not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Leanne, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Thank you so much for letting me tell it. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A little bit after we recorded the interview, Leanne contacted me. She sent me a message, and she said, I remembered something else that might pertain to the strangeness surrounding the magical Bigfoot. For whatever reason, I don't remember, Gabe was sleeping in my room. I was sound asleep. It was around dawn. Gabe shook me to wake me up. He asked if I heard that. I said no. He said it sounded like a man was outside the window trying to sound like an owl. He said it did it a few times, and then it stopped. It woke him. Then Leanne also said, I think there's something he forgot to tell you in his account. He said right before his friend saw the thing, he remembers having heard a whistle sound or a hootish whistle. He didn't tell that in his account because it's just so hard to remember everything. So she asked me if I thought that mattered. Absolutely. Someone making owl sounds that aren't owl sounds outside your window. Yes. Yes. I. This is a Bigfoot thing. And this is a strange thing as well. So yeah, I think that weaves right in with the rest of her and Gabe's experiences. Very, very strange. Very interesting. Okay, next we're going to hear Chad interviewing Drayden at the site of his kind of Class B encounter. He had this kind of scary experience in Michaud. Chad recorded this almost two years ago. Why did it take so long for me to put this out? That sounds like a very good question. I simply forgot. (laughs) (laughs) So at the time... If you guys remember, we were working on a series that we were calling Through the Haunted Forest that was all of these Michaud encounters. And I had put this in a folder labeled Through the Haunted Forest. Now, I usually have a folder of interviews on the computer that I can just see very easily. You know, what comes next? What interviews have I done? What interviews have been published already? This went into this Through the Haunted Forest folder and it got lost. And I simply forgot. And I was looking through there for some reason this week. And I said, oh my gosh, we never did this interview. So here it is, a little bit late, but better late than never. And as I always say, there's no expiration date on these stories. Again, you're falling into that idea that time is a linear concept and that this isn't happening simultaneously as we speak in another universe. Or maybe this one. So I apologize to Drayden if you've been waiting to hear your story pop up on Strange Familiars. He says he's a listener in the interview, too. So maybe maybe he thought— Maybe he used to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe he thought we didn't want to use it or something. I apologize, Drayden. It simply got lost. But here it is at last, the long-lost on-site interview with Chad and Drayden at Michaud. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Chad Redding here. I'm out on an investigation here for uh, Strange Familiars. I am in Michaud State Forest with, um, it's Drayden, right? Correct. And um, we're out here right now, and it's probably about, I don't know, 4.45, working on 5 o'clock. Yeah. And it's already starting to get dark. Mm-hmm. And we're here to uh, kind of, Drayden had an incident here happen here. And we're here to uh, kind of, we're going to relive it a little bit. We're in, we're actually in the area. And uh, you had said that you're not fond of being here by yourself now, correct? No. Uh, and I'm not usually a scaredy cat with that stuff. I just, it, 
felt like a very uncomfortable situation where I wouldn't want to be put back in it. I haven't felt it anywhere else other than here. So Interesting. Yeah, I'd rather. So we're at the end of Quarry Gap Road, which really isn't that far from the road. It's just a mm. it's a forest road that comes up above Caledonia. That's what made it a little creepier, too. Like, yeah. not even being close to right. civilization keeps you. And um, we parked at the dead end because the road comes to a dead end. And we're on a, what's basically an old forest service road, which is now kind of a trail. It's called Locust Gap Trail. And um, you said, what you what about what time did this happen? Like, what time did you park your car and all that I stuff? I parked probably around lunch because I had just finished up. I usually eat before I go out on the trail. So it was definitely like 12 o'clock when, when I hit the trail itself. And then it was beautiful, normal day. Yeah, and you else. said what, it was like June? Yeah, or, or July. July. July it was sorry. perfectly. It was beautiful July weather. Awesome, awesome. So it's nice and warm out. Mm-hmm. Birds of the day, and everything. Sunny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you parked here at Quarry Gap, mm-hmm. and then you proceeded Locust up Locust Gap. Gap. Yep. So we're walking up Locust Gap right now, and uh, this forest is actually has a good mix of uh, secondary pine. So as I'm looking up the trail right now. There's not much vis- good visibility on either side because of the, the low-hanging pine trees. But it is typical Michaud where you have a lot of mixed deciduous trees also. So you were just walking up the trail yeah. like this. Okay. Got my bag. Didn't bring my dog that time. Just beautiful day. Nothing <laughs> out of the normal. Now, were you planning on um, spending a night or were you just out for a day hike? Just for a day hike. Watch out. Yeah. Just a normal day hike. Uh, I try to go at least once a week. So um, usually don't go into the woods expecting anything. <laughs> now, uh, did you have any odd feelings or anything before you started out that day? I mean, was it was it like a like a? Would you say it was a normal day? Oh yeah, it was perfectly like. Uh, just woke up, felt good, felt good getting out on the trail like perfect day like what you'd expect for like the perfection I guess yeah yeah now we kind of came out it's a little more clearer here so we got a little better visibility yeah now I'm gonna ask you this how's it how's it feel being back uh you said you don't come have you come back since then not to this part of the park that's for sure okay so this is the first time you've been back yeah Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I feel comfortable in other parts of the park now. You'd think maybe the whole park would just feel like that, but... I don't no, know. That's typical. I mean... It just didn't feel good. <laughs> I, I get it. I've had an experience myself. A couple, actually, since I've been hanging with Tim. Yeah. And then uh, I had a couple an experience myself. And it did take a good bit to go back to uh, the area where I had it happen. So I totally understand. <laughs> but you're good. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be all right, I think. But yeah, pretty much where it happened then was right at the connection of the trails. Where the AT yes. and, and this trail join. I don't remember how far up it is. Yeah, it's not really that far. I mean, Cause I, I remember don't... it was pretty open. You know, at that part, you can see pretty well. In the yeah, it's, it's spaced out enough. 
So now, crossroads have a significance in some old religions mm -hmm. and in some what you would call magical practices. So now, does that mean anything? I don't know. Uh, and uh, so I actually, honestly, I have not heard your account yet. All right. So this, what you're telling me is totally new to me, which is good. Yeah. So, so now the woods have kind of thinned out a little bit. We have mostly hardwoods. And, and this time of year, we got some good visibility, so. And this is pretty much what yep, happened. Yeah. I was chilling on that rock. Okay. Because I just, when I hiked up to this point, I stopped at the, uh, where the laurel creates that tunnel. Right. And I came back down. Oh, just, so you were coming down. Yeah, you were I'd coming make, back to I the did, car. Yeah, I made it. To, yeah. <laughs> oh wow! I can tell you after it happened, I made a quick dart right back there. Yeah. So, so we traveled. I don't know, a little over a football field. Yeah. More if of even a, that. A little out of shape. <laughs> so we're on the. Uh, we're basically on the intersection of the Locust Gap Trail and the uh, the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. So. Go ahead, tell me what happened. So you said you were chilling on this rock, right? Mm -hmm. You had gone out and you had come back. At what time of the day do you think roughly this was? I know when I got to the Laurel Tunnel, I chilled there for a little because I also went down to the little hunting cabin that remains there. there. Yeah. And I... Probably about two hours there just chilling. So it probably takes us up to what, three o'clock-ish? Okay. When you were at the hunting cabin, or the remains of the cabin, because mm -hmm. I've been there myself, so it's basically a, a foundation with like remains of a roof yeah. and all this other stuff. Did you uh, see anything weird there or have any? Um, I saw a deer and that was about it. That was about it. Nothing else. I, weird thing was too, now it was like a Thursday, but middle of summer i didn't see a single person out on this trail too yeah which is kind of odd because this is a popular I, I see trail. people any time at night when i come out here any day of the week usually so so i think a lot of it is kind of it was pretty it was thursday yeah it was pretty coincidental just that's what made it even more unsettling too it's like where's everybody yeah <laughs> i'm the only one who felt that happen all right so you sat on the rock here go ahead yes go i ahead, sat just... on the rock uh got out some snacks started eating and like I said, sunny, birds chirping, you can hear squirrels running around. All that stopped, like, abruptly. So it just, it just stopped. dead silent. Yes, and there wasn't even wind. Wow. Because uh, it was fairly calm that day. And that's really weird, not hearing wind through the forest. It's pretty... Yeah. At least for you me. You get moments like that. Yeah. But with all the animals being gone, too, I was really like, huh, that is a weird... It's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Which way were you facing? What I was... Like sitting on that rock, pretty much facing kind of that way. So you're looking southbound. Pretty much. On the 18th. Like, yeah, like a scope Where, of that. And it, so I'm going to try and describe this area real quick. So are you okay? You look, mm. do you look a little nervous? Uh, okay, it's I'm good. It, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's good. all right. Okay. Where he's sitting on the rock, I mean, it is open. I mean, you're, you're talking a good size clearing. Yeah, and I mean, the trees it, are thin too. You can yeah, see it's. That. It, well now <laughs> i mean even in the summer these trees because it's usually just yeah there's not a lot of undergrowth no, no. Mm -mm. but you know it's it's pretty wide i mean it's basically yeah. it's it's a forest road you could drive a car easily down here and, and it's a t intersection roughly mm -hmm. 
kind of like almost like a Y, I guess you could say. But anyway, so you're sitting on the rock. Gets that dead silence. Yep. And that goes on for about a minute. So I'm just sitting there feeling a little uneasy. And then the only way that I can describe it as is like when you catch a deer or a rabbit in your headlights. Yeah. Like that's what I felt like. I was that rabbit or deer. And I just kind of like, whoa. So you felt this overwhelming kind of presence. Yeah, it felt like someone was staring at me and I couldn't tell where from. And it just was like a paralyzing kind of fear, I guess, which I had never felt before in my life. It was the most uncomfortable feeling. I didn't know, should I leave? Do I stay? Do I call out? What do I do? You know, like that kind of panicking mood. And like looking back on it, I don't know why. I felt like that. It was just weird. And then shortly after that, and I can probably assume maybe it was another person, there was like a knocking noise, um, like sticks hitting like a tree pretty much. Okay. And the only reason I note that is because I've heard other things, but I don't really feel like I want to assume that. I just want to say it was other people because it's the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. Where were the knocking noises coming from? Were they behind you? From that, like, direction right Uh, over there. Because I heard it off to my right. Okay, so we've been off to the right. There's no trails up that Mm -hmm. way. It's just just woods. Yeah, it sounded like if you were to take that stick and hit it against that tree. Was it kind of a thunk or more of like a hollow, like a baseball bat crack, if that makes any sense? When I'm kind of, like, something More like a hollow. Okay. Yeah. Because it echoed. You could, it it echoed. That's true. So it was pretty loud then. Oh, yeah. It was pretty. And I I chopped it up to probably someone chopping something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't assume. I just thought that was, it was like the only noise after. This was going on for like five minutes. I mean, just sitting there terrified towards the end of it. Because I want to say altogether it lasted seven minutes. So right at that that seven minute mark, noise stopped. The chopping stopped. Birds came back. And I just got up. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't feel safe here anymore. I still don't particularly feel safe. I don't like wow. it. And I go out hiking still, like every weekend. So it's not like I'm terrified of the woods now. It's just, it's just this spot. Yeah, it's not a comfortable vibe for me. And I've never felt scared like that before. No, I get it. Yeah. I understand. And I go, like, urban exploring. I go into, like, old asylums. Like, I never felt that fear like I did here. And it's a place I find comforting, or at least used (laughs) to. (laughs) Uh, Because, like, hard work week, 50-hour week, I like to go out in the woods. It's relaxing. You don't meet too many people. I totally understand Mm -hmm. that. It doesn't cost a lot of money. No, it's basically free. You didn't see any, like, lights no light or anything like it that. Was, I mean, it was pretty it's, bright. It's yeah, still bright. It's still, but there's spots in the woods where it's dark. I was yeah. just wondering, or uh, any just, other strange noises or anything like that. Just your typical shadows from the sun going through the trees. That was pretty much it. No other noises. Uh, didn't really think of it much after that. Right. And then I've watched your guys' podcast for a bit because I met you guys at a comic con a couple of years ago. In Harrisburg. You actually met Tim. I didn't start actually. Oh, um, all right. I met I, Tim there. Yeah, you met Tim. You've never met me. I'm all right. I'm basically new. <laughs> so, right. Actually, me and Tim have been going out now, I think, since before July. All right. Cool. So, Yeah, well, I met Tim then, and I, that's when I started listening. I'm not 
necessarily didn't i don't deny like i don't like oh you're just your story is bull you know or right because like, like myself like as much as i want to believe in ghosts i also don't just go into a place like hey there's a ghost gonna be here you know right so like i'm extremely skeptical um so when i heard like the podcast for like the Mich- michelle is that how you pronounce it michelle? yeah this is michelle Safe michelle on. like i watched a couple of podcasts on it and other people's hearings of things including the surrounding area i was like maybe something to do with what i felt but at the same time i'm still kind of i'm pretty skeptical on it but it was just a it's a fear and a complete silence that is unnat it just felt unnatural right so, like, so basically, you were sitting here, having yeah. a good old time. Mm-hmm. Not expecting all sudden, anything. All the animals just went dead gone. quiet. Gone. And then you said it was a couple minutes of silence. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you heard the thunks. The knocking. And it was like a boom. Boom. So it's pretty steady. Yeah, there was like maybe a couple pauses in between. So, I don't know. It's not like someone, if you were to be swinging your axe away, which... Like, like a boom, boom, little pause, boom... Boom, like that kind of deal. And so about two two hits. Yeah, pretty and a much. Pause. Pretty much. Okay. And like I said, I sound just like someone could be chopping down a tree. It was echoing through the woods. Probably got distorted. Now, just now, this is just your opinion. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like? So you felt kind of a presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, did it feel like kind of like a spirit, or did you think it was more of a physical presence? I mean, it, I, I'm it just felt- I'm just curious. Yeah. What your impressions are, definitely, and there's no wrong answer for this. Definitely more of like a physical. Like I felt like someone or something was staring at me. Okay, I get you. And like I've ran into bears on the on, in multiple like state parks around PA. I've never felt that feeling with bears because usually if you leave them alone, they they're not you purposely alone. going after you. No, they're not going to no, stand there and stare at you. They're going to like especially we have black bears. They're going to dart right back up the hill. They don't want to deal with right. us. So like I was like, well, it's not. It didn't feel like any like feeling I've ever had with bears before. Don't think we have any big game cats that would try and stalk me down. Well, there are a lot of people, a lot of hunters, believe there are mountain lions have come back to Pennsylvania. I've heard that rumor up north more, like in the Allegheny. Well, believe it or not, they have found, believe it, on the Maryland line, oh. right over the border, they have game game footage, well, game camera is. footage. So, and the thing is with mountain lions, now I'm not saying this was a mountain lion. Yeah, I'm just I, saying, just felt like you'll never hear them. You'll never hear them because mm-hmm. they're dead silent. And, you know, it's it's a cat. Yeah. And most of the time, they'll be coming up around behind you on a height. Yeah. You know, they're I, not going to be honestly, knocking on trees. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly couldn't even, like, you usually know, like, someone's staring at me. I can feel them yeah. staring at me from over here. I couldn't tell, like. No, no, you didn't. You just, you didn't. You just no. knew there was something wrong. Yeah, it felt like a fight or flight situation, and I wanted to do the flight situation, and that. But I was just stuck in that paralyzed fear, and I, it was. Yeah, not, I try to give off like that tough guy attitude to my friends, and let me tell you, if they saw me in that state, they would have thought I was. I am going to tell you now, world. just from my my what I had happened to me. Mm-hmm. I, I had a situation north of here on the AT, near mm-hmm. the AT. I was on the very edge of this mountain range, South Mountain. I was up uh, up near Mechanicsburg area. Mm-hmm. I was out of Michelle, but I was in the same... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And when I had whatever it was, like howl or scream at me, it mm-hmm. was almost like a combination of a howl and a growl. 
I tried to go towards it at first. Okay. You are then, not then when the second one happened, that's when I had in my brain, it's time to leave or it's going to mess me up. Mm-hmm. And I understand when you have that, it was like almost, it wasn't like fear. It was just like, it's time to go now. Yeah. And that was the feeling I had. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally understand. So. Yeah. Whenever that part where. We'll walk on back down here. Whenever it came to me wanting to like leave, it wasn't like a, let me take my time. It was like an instant switch from scared to you need to get out. So when you, when you left, when you had the feeling to leave, uh-huh. basically, you said the birds, the birds, all everything came back. The animals started back up. Yeah, and then that's when you had that was the flight, the, the flight. Yeah. So it was almost like you were kind of like frozen. You could say on this end of that. Pretty much, I, I, I don't know if me personally, I didn't want to move because I didn't know it was staring at me, or I was just so. Um, taken back by the feeling right i guess you could say frozen in fear i've never frozen up like that before like i said i've i think personally i've had my own experiences with spirit things like in the asylums and stuff i've right. gone down a few in maryland but never have i felt a oh my god frozen kind of you know deal guarantee if i was talking at that point my voice would have been all jittery because <laughs> it was I've never been terrified. I'm like, I don't know how words to explain it and then the uh, rabbit or deer in the headlights situation. No, that, that it makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. Yeah, it just wasn't a good feeling. And I was, it was scary too, because like, you could, I could, if there was something staring at me that would have caused me to feel that way, it had to have been something big, or at least big enough to like screw me up, you know? Right. Because humans have adapted to not... I'm not going to be feel too threatened by a snake. I'm not going to freeze up on a snake. Well, some people would. Yeah. <laughs> Me personally, no. no. I, could, I just was looking around. I couldn't see anything that would... And it's brightest day. Because it was the middle of the day in wow. the summer. Now, when I had my experience, it was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. I just didn't like that. <laughs> Watch these rocks here. Yeah. So we're walking back down to the car. And like I said, this is a short walk. I mean, it mm-hmm. wasn't was, five I- minutes... Yeah, no, I was at the end of my trail. I was in my trip. Wanted to take a quick break on the trail. I like to sit outside of my car usually. Instead of being in the car. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, I've never felt like this happened uh, over by the reservoir and any other park that I've been to around PA. Now, I've heard weird things, but I chalked it up just to weird animal noises. Not here, I, other than that feeling. Right. Because I personally, humans like to think we're a lot smarter than we are and think we know everything. I feel like we really don't know what's all out in these woods. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, and, I, and I've said this quote before, there's a famous woodsman. Not if I turn on the flashlight. Oh, absolutely. You can turn the flashlight on. Ooh, that is His name is uh, Horace Kephart. Uh-huh. And he basically says, in the school of the woods, there is no graduation day. Meaning, don't ever think that you know everything, because when you do, Oops, that's, me, that's okay. Yeah, he just kind of bumped in some. I into, scared into some myself limbs. there. <laughs> into some limbs. Just when you think you know everything, uh-huh. that's when you find out you don't. Yeah, like I don't know. I feel like I kind of want to believe in like the whole Bigfoot thing too, but I'm just extremely skeptical on that. Like, why haven't we found anything? Or, like, real... Maybe I haven't researched into it enough. Because, like, I'm kind of skeptical on that myself. So maybe I'm not the best using that as an example. Right. 
Like, I feel like we'd have something, but then again, I also feel like maybe we don't just because we don't understand what the hell is going on. Right. Like, how do I explain what that just happened? I don't know. I don't know what the hell happened. Well, there's a lot of school of thoughts, and I, I personally don't think it's an ape in the woods. I doubt that. I, it's just when I was reading other people, it's like, eh, maybe. Doubt but it. To me, there's you, the caloric intake for something that big that's supposed to be as smart as it is uh-huh. to do what it can they would have to have taken tons and tons and tons of calories yeah and and we'd, we definitely would have a body uh, agreed we have a body so i'm kind of of it's something else i don't know what it is i'm not going to sit here and say i am because believe me i'm far from you know there's a lot more people that are more educated on this stuff than I. Yeah, I'm nothing. I mean, I like to believe. I like to go on my own little explorations of so-called haunted places. And, but like, when it comes to like, I guess what would we call it, crypto? What's cryptids? It? Yeah, I have no idea. I I think it's probably something or a person I don't spiritual know. that can manifest yeah. in different ways. Because there's a lot of history up in these woods. Oh, you would be, you have no idea. To, to be honest, this place at one time, if you would have looked at it, looked like a desert. Yeah, yeah, I was actually it was stripped last I mean, year. I had uh, enrolled in Penn State Mon Alto for a short period. Yeah, I and, dropped I, and, out, and, and there was about, an iron furnace mm-hmm, there too. We learned about we saw, saw pictures. This place was stripped clean of all the trees. Yep, mm-hmm. nothing. And uh, it wasn't until the early late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, thank you. Yeah, I haven't awesome. told anybody other than um, Tim, right? Or, yeah, Tim. yeah. And like I said, this is the first time I heard this, and mm. you know, I hope this helped you a little bit. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I feel more comfortable coming back in the day still right. and reworking myself back into it. It just, you know, isn't on my list of trails I want to walk in. Right. Found any uh, charcoal from any of these mills around the area? Oh, there's charcoal everywhere in this yeah, area. Yeah, I kind of I collect it whenever I find. There's it. There's also like a that. slag glass. I haven't found any of that. Oh, yet. there's plenty. You just got to know what you're looking for. Right. So, I was talking to Drayden a bit as we were driving back. If you hear any um, any traffic. traffic behind us, it's because we're actually back at the parking spot here at the old uh, Iron Furnace in Caledonia. And uh, he was telling me that he actually had some experiences in pandemonium. Mm-hmm. So if you wouldn't mind giving me that story. This one's honestly a lot more easygoing uh, for me personally. I didn't feel as terrified, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It didn't feel like something was about to kill me. Almost. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the feel of it still. But what we, me and some buds, it was probably around 11 o'clock at night when we finally got up to it. And we went into the Pioneer Cemetery so there. You, so you drove up to Tuscarora State mm-hmm. Forest and yep. went to Pandemonium. And So when was this? Like hmm. Spring. It, I don't remember, though, what month specifically. Was it this year? Yeah, it was this okay. year. Okay. But go ahead. I'm sorry. This was actually the second time we were up. But the first time was just because our friend's a history buff and he wanted right. to go around. So we weren't doing anything there the first time. But this time around, we were just walking around, kind of listening there were some noises, but we, it was probably deer. We saw a lot of deer up there when we were there. Uh, so we ignored pretty much all that. But we were just standing there. I was recording, and I don't necessarily think the recording caught it all. 
Now, were you doing uh, audio recording? Or we were video recording because I was originally recording it for. I didn't want to start like a quote unquote haunted series where I go to certain places and try to debunk or prove. Gotcha. I guess is the term. But anyway, so we were there, and we're dead quiet. No one's heavy breathing. No wind. No wind. It was actually a perfect night, yeah, and we just hear. <laughs> we just hear. So, like like an almost an inhale and an exhale yeah like really um deep. you know like when your parents caught you doing something they don't say anything there's like like, like a sigh yeah like a sigh it was a sigh a disappointed sigh that's what it sounded like and we we're like whoa <laughs> we're like was that you and i was like no it wasn't me and it was like well it wasn't me and it wasn't him and like our friend sam was like dude what the heck was that and we were like let's just get back to the car and Sam was already well gone before us, so it scared him. And it wasn't, it was just kind of like a, a jolt, I guess, of, whoa, we weren't ready for that. But we weren't feeling threatened, but we quickly ran back to the car. <laughs> so, where did it come from in the cemetery? Like, because there's, two, a, there's two entrances there's one in the front where mm-hmm. you park, and then there's one in the back. And when you go through the back entrance, you're actually in the heart of the town. Hmm. So, what. Where do you think it came? Which way were you facing towards? All right, the- so there's the parking lot, and you know that little—I forget what it was. Is it just a rock or an altar or something? It has a bunch of toys on it. Yes, that's supposedly the uh, grave of of a slave girl. Okay. And then people leave offerings there. Okay, so, so we were at the group of tombstones within the um in the, inside, inside the cemetery. Yeah, nearest to that area where the... So in that corner? Mm-hmm, yeah. And were you facing up the mountain? Yes, we were looking straight up. Okay. And where did the noise come from? It came like it sounded like directly behind us on our necks. Like, we didn't wow. feel anything, but it was that close. It was so So kind close. of from the dead center almost of yeah, the cemetery behind it. was behind so... It was weird. That was for sure. Now, did the feeling change at all? Because you said... You had told me, like, when you got there, it felt kind of peaceful. Mm-hmm. It stayed peaceful. It stayed okay. peaceful, but we were now like we should. You go. guys were we shook should, up. We should go back to the car. It was nothing <laughs> like what I felt with here on that trail okay. here. It was nothing like that. It was very like chill still. Uh, so yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that second yeah. story. That's very interesting mm-hmm. to us. Yeah, you know we had a lot happen to it, and like I said, I, I know you probably haven't heard it yet, but yeah, no, I didn't even know you guys filmed anything there. No, it, yeah, we we did audio and. Yeah, you need to listen to that. I definitely, we'll definitely put be, things yeah. in perspective for you. So, okay. Well, thank you for that one too, buddy. Yep. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You know, Drayden said when he was there, he didn't have his dog with him. If he had had his dog with him, his dog would have alerted him to whatever that was in the woods, whether it was Bigfoot or something else. And but- then also, at this point... Do you know how many times he could have trained him? To be a perfect puppy? To be a perfect puppy. Yes, yes. Don't make me do the math, but it's quite a few months. Exactly. He could probably do it quite a few times by now. I'm not sure if they have a specific <laughs> training to treat your dog to alert to Bigfoot at 90 days to the perfect puppy. You know they do. But they might. They might take that on for you. They can help you with mouthing and biting issues, with potty training issues, fear and nervousness, barking. If your puppy's chewing on furniture or shoes or other things they shouldn't be chewing on, they can help you with crate training, hyperactivity issues, leash training, and more. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy, which you can find at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. 
They can teach you what to do and also, perhaps more importantly, what not to do. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy has a relationship-based approach that helps you and your puppy become perfect for each other. They have online sources like video lessons, a secret Facebook group, and of course, one-on-one options are available. Again, you can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. You've pirated my curiosity of the week over to the other side of the table. And yeah, I was trying to just thumb through it randomly, and whatever I stop on, I just wanted to read what that dream was. Well, why don't you read the cover first and tell everybody okay. what the curiosity of the week is? Instructive, elevating, inspiring, a dictionary of 1,000 dreams, visions, predictions, etc. Wisdom, comfort, advice, and warning. It's got everything. So this is a dream book. I think it's from the 1940s. Yeah, the picture on the front, which has uh, Satan speaking into sort of a Merlin-like guy's ear while a um, busty Edwardian woman (laughs) oversees all that's going on. Okay, so I'm going to randomly page through, and whatever dream thing I come to, I'm going to read. That's going to be my... So this is a dream dictionary. This is a really thick, uh, it's like a digest size uh, book of dream interpretation, but there's more in this book besides... But okay, you tell me. Okay, and you know that I wouldn't, that I'd be true. I wouldn't like try to find one that's super cool or super lame or something that I would just, whatever I came to. So I came to this one, and it's for lightning. To see lightning is a divine warning to apply yourself more to the study of nature and order of things in nature. I think that's wise wisdom. I'm going to do one more because this is fun. Okay. Paint. (laughs) Do you ever see, I don't remember seeing paint. In your dreams? In my dreams, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure things have been painted in my dreams. Well, it depends on what color they've been painted. If they're painted black, it's, you know. A Rolling Stone song? No. It's grief or Brian Jones floating in a pool. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Back to the paint. Blue means friendship. Brown means courage. Gray means sincerity. Green means affection. Red means beware. White means love. And yellow means contentment. Okay. So I'm wishing you a ton of yellow paint tonight. Yellow paint. Do you dream of pancakes? No, I don't dream of pancakes. Give me this. (laughs) Getting too distracted. So it's a big, thick dream dictionary, one of these dream books that they used to print. You know, you used to be able to buy them at drugstores and stuff. It has weather predictions in it, key number combinations, numbers that harmonize. Then it gets into the whole dream dictionary. Alphabetically, whatever you dream of, you can look it up. And then in the back, it has... uh, directions for fortune-telling cards, and it's got like some poems throughout and so forth, a dictionary of a thousand dreams, visions, predictions, etc. Might be worth it for the cover alone. If you go to the show notes under this episode at strangefamiliars.com, you'll see an image of this book. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this and other curiosities of the week, as well as Strange Familiars t-shirts, They will be restocked soon. We will have every size in again soon, but right now we do have, I think, small, medium, and maybe 2X right now sizes, but we will be getting restocked soon. We'll soon have every size, and I think I'm going to try to do a a new design for long sleeve shirts as well. You get to that point after you've ordered so many t-shirts where you're like left with like a youth large and a pink sleeveless shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Got to restock. 
Also in our Etsy shop artwork, I will be adding some new originals soon enough. I've done quite a few because of this project, this other project I'm working on, which I will hopefully be able to announce very soon. I've got all of my books are there on Etsy, including my art books, Apparitions, Illustrations of the Other, and the booklet, Monsters Under the Hospital Bed. Art prints and more. You check it out. Our shop name on Etsy is Lost Grave, one word. But if you type in Strange Familiars, our stuff should come up. While you're on Etsy, make sure to check out Karmic Garden. They have Strange Familiars and Flannelman scents with things like soaps and hand sanitizers and candles and all kinds of great stuff like that. Check them out. And Chad is on Etsy as well. His shop is Ruck Rabbit Outdoors. We will be doing a show on Halloween. We will drop it on Halloween. That'll be for everybody. So that's a bonus for everybody. It's going to be uh, Strange Familiars and a certain other podcast with whom we're friendly. So it's going to be a, a joint. Joint. <laughs> a joint episode there. A joint joint. Mm-hmm. So look for that on Halloween. And then uh, we'll be back to our regular shows shortly thereafter. I'm thinking I might take Thanksgiving week off this year. Wow. Yeah. No. Are you cooking? No. <laughs> but in November, if, if I do take that week off, then we will still do the two episodes for patrons. So patrons will, will still get two exclusive episodes. You know, you're going to end up just doing a show anyway. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I'd like to think I could take a week off yeah, for yeah. Thanksgiving and then maybe we'll see. Yeah. Maybe one for Christmas as well, but we'll see. But we always do a special Christmas episode. We do. I know we would do that anyway. Yeah, we do a Christmas episode, which I'm not sure what that's going to be this year. But we'll We're see. entertaining ideas. Yeah, exactly. We're always entertaining <laughs> ideas. If you have stories of encounters, we are booked for interviews pretty much through January 2022 at this point. But if you have a Bigfoot encounter, I will make an extra day for you. <laughs> or perhaps a flannel man or perhaps a bunny man, <laughs> or I will make exceptions. I will squeeze people in if I can. But as to that, uh, I have to say, once again, I spent today working on email from 8.30, 8.45 a.m. until 4 p.m. and didn't make a dent in it, did not make a dent in the Strange Familiars email. It's just I literally was barely just scratching the surface of it and stopped to take a phone call from Chad, talked to Chad for 20 minutes, came back, there were six new emails. That's what we're talking about. That's the kind of volume we're talking about in the Strange Familiars email. I do read them. I can't respond to everybody. I try. I don't want anybody to think I'm rude. But if you have encounters, if you can send them to strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. I know details are important with this stuff. I, I absolutely agree. But if you can give like a bullet point list, just hit the bullet points. I saw Bigfoot in 1996. After that, I saw Flannel Man. And two weeks ago, I rode in a UFO. Whatever it is, whatever it is, if you just kind of give me a bullet that person point would list. get bumped to the front one thing. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> but we can get into the details on the podcast. Just, just give me a bullet point list. And if I don't reply to you, it doesn't mean I didn't like your stories. It doesn't mean I didn't see your stories. It, it just, doesn't mean you won't reply. <laughs> exactly. It just means the email is just, it's a swamp and I'm doing my best with that. We love getting your encounters. We love talking to our listeners. And yeah, if you have ideas for shows otherwise... You know, if you don't have an encounter, but you have an idea for us to a story you think we should cover or a idea for our Christmas show, whatever that may be. I'd love to hear some more regional stories. Like, you know, I feel like we're in one particular area and so we focus on the area in which we live. But 
There's lots of weird stuff going on all over the world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All of that said, we will be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. You can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com if you want to hear more or purchase music by Stone Breath or purchase the Slybold Ranadine episode or very soon, episode 300, The Witch Cloud. They are also on Stone Breath Bandcamp. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars where you can join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. We are on Instagram. You can find us there, at Strange Familiars, one word. And you can always find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.